Eagle looking great. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name's Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hi, Chris. Did you like that old school intro there? I did. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I like old schools just some months back. <laughs> Literally what we used to do before we stopped doing it. How you doing, buddy? I'm fantastic. Oh, yeah? 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 Yeah. Yeah. I had a great three-day weekend. Okay. Three and a half day weekend. And then, uh, so back back at it today, but it was, uh, you know, it was all right. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the pod or not, but I got a new job. Mm-hmm. And I had a short week, my first week. And then my boss left for Portugal for two weeks. And he's the only other person on my team. So, so he's back today and, you know, we'll, we're getting at it, actually. Getting at it, so. All right, well, that's pretty awesome. Pretty excited I, uh, about it, yeah. About the most you? exciting thing that happened to me over the weekend was uh, I made a, I, well, I didn't make a turkey. I baked a turkey. My wife's job, every year they give out a big Christmas dinner box. Like It's July. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you let me finish the story. All right. I'll let you finish. Yeah. Shut your mouth for a second. And so they like turkey, green beans, like, you know, French fried onions, like all the, all the stuff you need to make a Christmas dinner. Well, we don't celebrate both Christmas and Thanksgiving here where we live. We always go out of town for one or the other. So sometimes we make the turkey for Christmas here. And then sometimes we go to the in-laws and they make prime rib. Because they eat Ooh. prime rib for Christmas. Interesting. So last year we got the Christmas box, and but we we still had the turkey mm. from the previous year because we didn't celebrate those holidays during the pandemic. So we were like a turkey you behind didn't, or you ahead. Didn't I guess you're just like no holidays don't exist now. For, for yeah yeah that's exactly what I meant yeah. And so um, we were a turkey ahead, and so we had an extra turkey, and so we made the turkey, mm-hmm. and then we got another one. That we weren't going to use. And so, you know, just like everyone else suffering from uh, inflation, rising costs of everything, gas, food, yeah. electricity. So I was yeah. like, I was like, let's make the turkey. We'll debone it. We'll have like, you know, just leftover turkey for like two or three weeks. Um, and I also made bone yeah. broth. You ever had bone broth? Oh, yeah. Before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that last night. And then uh, we had turkey legs for dinner just a few minutes ago. So fantastic. I'm, uh, I'm ready to keep saying the word turkey for the next week. But we're not here to talk about my eating habits or, you know, the suffering of millions of people due to the rising prices of, uh, you know, capitalism. But we are here to talk about science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, short films, generally visual entertainment media. Yeah. Why don't you tell the the people what we watched, Anthony? We watched the 2014 mystery sci-fi thriller, The Scribbler. Hmm. Based on the graphic novel of the same name, this is a return to form for the sci-fi wise guys, as this was directed by Mr. John Suits. Yeah. Yes. John Suits. The esteemed director, John Suits. If I'm correct in assuming, have we started every new season with a John Suits film? No. Okay. What, what oh, was our we started one? every year? Yeah, yeah, Maybe? yeah. No. We've done all of his, this is his last film. Last science fiction think, film, yeah. No, I think it's his last film in general. Uh, we'll we'll double check that. But uh, uh, we we have done several special episodes dedicated to Mr. John Suits, including episode zero one, in which we reviewed thirty twenty two. Not a good movie. 
uh, in which <laughs> that, that movie we almost I think I I suggested it in the podcast that we become a John Suits podcast. I'm glad we didn't very... s- decide to do that because we would have run out of content really quickly. Uh, but uh, no, here yeah, we are. Here we he's are. got a couple shorts. Obviously, we talked about them, but there's one breathing room and mm. second take. You're right. My, these might be the yeah. only sci-fi ones. Uh, well, speaking of the scribbler in particular, yeah. to give you a blurb here on the good old IMDb, a young woman is facing her destructive multiple personalities using an experimental new procedure known as the Siamese Burn, <laughs> uh, directed by John Suits, uh, written by Dan Schaefer, who also wrote the graphic novel. Thought that was interesting. Uh, it stars Katie Cassidy as the titular character, Garrett Dillahunt, and a very weird role, and Michelle Trottenberg, who you will not recognize until the credits. Um, do we want to? Uh, I think do you it's, wanna, I think it's Trachtenberg. That's not Tra- important. Trachtenberg. Uh, Oh, uh, it is sitting at a 5.3 out of 10 stars on IMDb with 5,000 ratings. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, sitting at 50% with 14 reviews on the tomato meter. So 50% rotten, barely, with 38% audience score. Quite a few ratings for this movie. 250 Mm -hmm. plus ratings. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised, uh, honestly. Uh, Rounding it out over on Metacritic, Metascore of 32. Based on eight critic reviews, that's probably to be expected based on the other two uh, aggregate scores. Uh, but a user score of 7.6. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the elongated blurb here on Metacritic as well. A young woman named Suki, played by Katie Cassidy, confronts her destructive mental illness using the Siamese burn, an experimental machine designed to eliminate multiple personalities. The closer Suki comes to being cured, she's haunted by a thought. What if the last unwanted identity turns out to be her? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's more of a mm. it's more of a summary than, yes. <laughs> than anything mm. else. If I'm being honest with you, adds um, to that mystery. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So <laughs> I would say this is what just mediocre reviews. What would you call this? Mixed. Um. Generally, un, generally unfavorable to mixed. I I think that I think mixed. Yeah. Like, well, if you're talking about just the critical review. I would say, yeah, I would say mixed. But then when it comes to like audience score, I don't want to use the term mixed because I think it's so like, so IMDb ratings, I think are, they are user ratings. So if we're looking at that 5.3, median score is six, we're hovering around a 15.6%, 18 18.5%, 17% exactly uh, based on seven, six, and five. So right there in the middle. Yeah. However, the audience score of 38% on Rotten Tomatoes does not bode well, but the fact that it has 7.6, which might be his highest rated. It only has me- seven ratings. Metacrit- I mean, that's still a lot for Metacritic. Seven user score, like for a, an independent film on Metacritic. Like this isn't, yeah, yeah. This isn't like a Call of Duty release. This isn't, <laughs> this isn't uh, Captain Marvel. This is just some random movie where all seven people that reviewed it Gave it an average of 7.6. Like, it's got five positive reviews, two mixed reviews, and no negative. So it's actually, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I think that might be his highest rated one. 3022 has a rating of 5.8 uh, with 11 reviews. Okay. Breach has, pulling it up, 
uh, 1.6 yeah, with 21 ratings. I don't blame the direction for that. I blame the CGI budget in the back half of the film for sure. Whenever your last like, big monster is more comedy than scary, yeah, no, it, it is what it is. Uh, and then the last one we've done is Pandemic. 3.8. 3.8 with 17 ratings. So these all, you're right, it is his highest rated. However, it has also got the least amount of ratings. Uh, sure. uh, speaking about Metacritic uh, in particular. So, uh, you know, uh, one bad rating would bring that down way more. Look, man, we, we win the fights we can win. That's true. That's fair. You talked about uh, a little bit. So this is based on a graphic novel by the aforementioned Don Schaefer. Uh, I'll go ahead and give its... I'm sorry, Dan. Thank you. Sorry, Dan. Dan Don. Uh, released in November 15th of 2016. Uh, 3.6 out of 5 on Goodreads. So that's pretty cool. Amazon's got this thing sitting at a 4.1. I, I wonder how much... Like We talked about how there's so many audience ratings. I mm-hmm. wonder how many of those are people who oh. read the graphic novel and they were like, it wasn't exactly like I thought it was going to be, so I'm going to give it a negative score. No, possibly. I mean, I, the graphic novel might be might be better. I have sure. I'll never know. <laughs> I've got, I, Sorry you're to say, for Christmas. No, you do you, man. So this is a movie that you picked. It is. So I'm going to go ahead and start us off here with my initial thoughts and opinions. Please do, please. I actually kind of enjoyed this thing. I really did. Um, we have talked in the past about Mr. Suits's ability to turn a set or or turn a location into a set. Uh, I was actually really impressed. By the by the because this takes place um, this movie takes place uh, for the most part in an, an apartment building or a former hotel whichever the one and it's got that weird green filter mm-hmm. that I think permeated a lot of science fiction in the early uh, 2010s and just a lot of John suits life yeah yeah <laughs> I think he sees life through that green filter <laughs> well I mean pandemic didn't really have it breach certainly did. For 30, sure, thirty twenty two definitely had a filter on it. But um, yeah. I uh, I actually thought the acting was really impressive. Our lead, Katie Cassidy, uh, aka Suki, you may or may not have recognized her from uh, the Arrow franchise. But let's just kind of go over. She got thirty six acting credits. She's been obviously we talked about uh, Black Canary, Laurel Lance, whatever you want to call her. She was in Gossip Girl. She's in an episode of New Girl, Nightmare on Elm Street from twenty ten. Uh, Monte Carlo, which is a movie I don't even recognize. Uh, she's in it. Harper's Island, Supernatural, mm-hmm. very cool. Black Christmas. I don't even recognize her from Black Christmas. Cool. And then she was also in the music video for Just Lose It by Eminem. So wow, really? this is this is probably the highlight of her career. <laughs> after that, you know what you I mean? Know, yeah, the Garrett, all of her Arrowverse money. <laughs> uh, Garrett Dillahunt. Don't think I like I. I don't recognize this guy from anything, uh, but apparently really? he's an Army of the Dead, which is a movie that you and I watched. Um, Martin, do you remember the actor? Who, do you remember Martin, the character? Because I don't. Army of the Dead? Army of the Dead. The um, uh, Oh, was that the, the action zombie movie that came out last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Martin, Vegas. Martin. No. He's been Hannah Gold, Justified, Raising Hope, Paloma. 38 episodes of the Mindy Project. Yeah. I mean, he's been in a lot of television. So, yeah. I mean, 90 credits. And he is only, he's born 1964. So, uh, he's 58. So, yeah, 90 credits, not bad. Let's see. I, look, I didn't oh, say the credits in, were good. No, he was in Looper. <laughs> I, I I don't know who that character was. I saw Looper in the theater. Background. I liked it, probably. Thug number one, probably. Oh, he has a name here, Jesse. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, that's better. Yeah. M- Michelle Trachtenberg. The first thing I remember seeing her in was Harriet the Spy. I don't remember if you, if you, I don't know if you've oh, seen that Oh, was she in, was yeah. she the one in Harriet? Oh, she is, I, in fact, Harriet. I recognized her from Buffy. Yeah. The Vampire well, yeah. Slayer. Yeah. She, Pete, Adventures of Pete and Pete, Buffy, blah, 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 blah. And of course, uh, Eurotrip. Yeah, Eurotrip, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's see. Eliza Dushku probably doesn't need any introduction. Quite a famous actress from the early aughts. I think yeah. was in all the teen movies. Bring it on. Also from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was yeah. Buffy. Yeah, yeah. Michael Imperioli. I've been waiting to get to this guy for a few minutes here. He was Christopher Moltisante, as I mentioned before last week's episode from The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. 101 acting credits. A lot of stuff. Mad Dogs, Lucifer, Californication. Uh, He's in the office, which is pretty funny. A lot of stuff. And then I think the only other characters that really mention that or really deserve a mention, Billy Campbell played Dr. Sinclair. Gina Gershon played a character named Cleo. We already talked about, um, well, we didn't talk about her, but Sasha Gray has played a character named Bunny. For 35 seconds of screen yeah. time, yeah. Kunal, I'm going to, I'm sorry if Kunal I'm butchering they this. are. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> In the Big Bang Theory, I was like, I was like, hold on a second, I know that yeah. guy. That's Raj. In the middle uh, of, like, I looked it up. I was like, when did Bang, Big Bang Theory start? Like, uh, but no, right in the middle of him doing Big Bang Theory, <laughs> being in the biggest sitcom of all time, he yeah. shows up not? for a day of acting here. Yeah, yeah. owed somebody a favor. Uh, Gina Gershon, like, if you know, you know, but she was in Showgirls. But um, I remember her most from the movie Face Off. Mm. She plays the mother of. Caster Troy's child. Uh, but a uh, fun story. She's going to be in the Borderlands movie. She's playing Moxie. Oh, interesting. That's pretty cool. Uh, Billy Campbell. AKA. Yeah. Star Trek's answer to Han Solo. <laughs> uh, he's in Rocketeer. Um, he wasn't he was in just in Rocketeer. Enough. Yeah, he was the Rocketeer. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he's been in a bunch of stuff. I really like Billy Campbell. Unappre- unappreciated as an actor, I think. Never really mm. attained the levels of fame that I think he was capable of. I don't know. Just like after the Rocketeer, Bram Stoker's Dracula. And then that's like, he kind of just falls off the face of the earth. I mean, like acting earth, but he just ends up in a lot of television instead of movies. Kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was a leading man. And then um, some other characters here, Uh, Richard real, who fantastic. That guy, do you know who I'm talking about? The older gentleman, the, the, the parking attendant, Mm -hmm. um, Famously from Office Space, it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. Rounding out our, uh, well, I don't even know who Satomi is, but Ashlyn Yenny played a character named Emily, who I think's only contribution to the film is that she was naked. So um, yeah. that's about it. Well, you also you have to credit Michael Barriar as the voice of Hogan the dog <laughs> and Sir Hollywood, who played Hogan the dog. I think it's important <laughs> that we give credit to our four-legged right. friends. That's right. Those are all the actors. All in of terms of the plot, I actually kind of enjoyed it. The idea of spoilers in three, two, one. The idea that someone suffering from disassociative identity order, uh, I'm sorry, identity disorder, formerly known as multiple personality disorder, is actually like the disorder itself is rather fascinating. I don't know if you know anything about it, but it usually stems from having to deal with trauma. In fact, there a Marvel series just came out recently, starring one Oscar Isaac played a character named Moon Knight, whose care like whose uh, alter ego suffers 
from dids. It's it's interesting, like the disorder itself, like it's terrible. It's not curable. It's like it affects one in every 200,000 people. So, I mean, that's not cool. But <laughs> put it mildly. Yes. Yeah. But uh, there's another movie. I think it came out um, a long time ago. It's got, got John Cusack in it. <laughs> your favorite. Where he plays uh, a, a personality in someone's mind with a bunch mm. with a bunch of other actors. I'll look at that up later. But the idea that the treatments, this made up treatment called the Siamese berm, which is especially supposed to just, it's like electroshock therapy. Essentially. Somehow. Yeah. Um, that is supposed to just burn out all the extra personalities until you only have one left. I thought that was really neat. I, I guess the idea of like, what if, like, what if your dominant personality isn't your actual one. I thought it was a a really interesting take on the uh, on the on the disorder, yeah. um, which is something that we kind of see in Moon Knight. I, I I assume you watched it, right? Yeah. No, not at all. Okay. Well, you should. It's pretty good. Sure. But um, the idea of having a halfway house for mental patients <laughs> that they like just kind of like like the casual. I don't even want to call it an insult or making fun of, but just like just throwing just throwing suicide around as just part of the plot like as a mechanism wasn't like that cool but in the context of the comic which is i assume what we're supposed to be we're getting this you know yeah um and the movie itself because i mean it's not really suicide (laughs) as it turns out uh it's murder i really enjoyed this movie i thought the acting was pretty good i really think cassidy brought it I have yeah. mu- we we have much lamented what happened to Arrow, especially like her fighting in high heels, which doesn't make any sense to me. But in the first couple episodes, I really thought that character was fun, and the actress Katie Cassidy, I think, is really good. You know, she's just kind of stuck on CW television at the moment, and I don't think this yeah. B movie really did her did her any favors. Yeah, sure, but uh, no, for the most part, I really appreciated it. The plot, whatever. Um, I enjoyed the acting, the sets, the props. I thought were really funny. He's like, "This is the uh, what? What is it called? The burn box or or the yeah, uh, the burn box? Yeah, uh, I don't like he like I don't remember the unit, whatever they called it. And it's just the like machine. It's just a car battery. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> it's literally just a car battery. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, sweet. Uh, sweet but I guys. mean, that's that's John Suits's, I guess, forte or one mm-hmm. of his strengths is the ability for him to to turn a low budget or what should be a low budget movie into, you know, something that you can actually sit through. Um, yes. We've, we've crapped all over 3022 on our pod. Yes. But the biggest problem with that movie is that <laughs> Omar Epps is just so bad in it, but that's not the reason why that movie's bad. But uh, no, but we didn't insult the sets. The plot in itself is part of the problem. And I think that's, that's his biggest strength as a director is turning a script into a movie and just get like, he just gets to the finish line. Like yeah. he's not always going to be in first place. He may not even medal, but he's going to finish. And so uh, oh, that's yeah. what I can appreciate. So what about you? I, well, just to, to start my opinion with where you ended yours, I really felt his fingerprints in the direction of this film. And <laughs> funny enough, uh, I, I thought that as far as the directing went, it was most like 3022. <laughs> compared to his other work. I, I just, I like the the way everything feels a little off, right? Like everything's just a little bit off center. Some of the angles are a little off. It just adds to the creepy, kind of weird, get under your skin, kind of itchy vibe of the film. That he, he presents it very, very well. Now, obviously he has reference material from the comics, so not to take away from the artists there. 
but he was able to really give me that feeling. Talking about the cast, Miss Cassidy does a fantastic job. I think the rest of the actors are uh, at least good enough in their roles. Uh, Gina Gershon, probably the most standout of all of them. Uh, Michelle Trachtenberg really didn't have a lot in the movie. I mean, she turns out to be a very important character, but, you know, it's part of the mystery of it and whatnot. Didn't have a huge role. Garrett Garrett Dillahunt, he he came on the screen and I was like, oh, it's, it's Discount Oliver Queen. Sweet. <laughs> he I I really like for half a for a few seconds I was like, is that yeah no no yeah no. it took me a minute I was like no okay no 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 it's not his voice at all but right? I but the, they sure as heck didn't really give him uh or they didn't do him any favors by making him look like him. <laughs> well, so I want to put this out there. Katie Cassidy's thirty five. She's or thirty six. Uh, she was born in eighty six. Garrett Dillahunt is, as we just, we already said, 58. I don't think he's supposed to be playing a 58-year-old in this movie. I think he's supposed to be playing somebody much younger, probably 30. I mean, obviously, this movie was, what, uh, six, eight years ago, so he would have been 50, and she would have been 28-ish when they were filming, maybe a little younger, 27 and, and 49. The film opens up. And within 10 minutes, we're having a sex scene between Katie Cassidy and Garrett Dillahunt, or between their characters, I should say, Suki and Hogan. Yeah. And it feels creepy. Like, uh, well, I mean, like the, the whole, it, the whole premise of his character being involved. His character is, is meant to be creepy for sure. Yeah. That like, creep, creeper vibe and whatnot. It just felt like I, you know, it's old school Hollywood. You have a leading man who's fifty and a leading woman who's twenty four, and they're you know whatever. It just it just felt a little weird uh, in such a in a more modern movie. Or maybe it sh- maybe I sh- shouldn't be surprised, uh, but I was. Uh, I feel like in a movie full of people that are already established, it would just seem like an odd pairing or an odd. I feel like Garrett was an odd choice for the role of Hogan. Well, I mean, I think I, that. They could have gotten around that by just not showing us the sex scene. Or just implying it. Yeah, I think it's yeah. important for the plot, which is sure. a weird thing for me to say, because uh, anyone who's listened for a while knows, I'm like, no, just push past this. Um, it is important for the plot, but it's also not necessary to have nudity in that scene. It's not necessary to to really to really show it, show it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Eliza Dushku could have been anyone. They paid Eliza Dushku money for it could like literally could have put anyone else in that role and it wouldn't have changed a thing she didn't bring anything to that role i don't think that role needed more not that i could tell but there was nothing there so this came out in 2014 yep we can assume that it started filming in 2012 2013 2013 so her so her acting credits she was in no she was a voice in noah she's in a show called leap year Jay and Bob, Jay and Silent Bob's super groovy. Yeah, she's doing movie. voice voice work for a lot of a lot of things. Yeah, the off season, which is a which is a TV movie. NTSF. I don't know what that is. SDSUV. Uh, National Terrorism Strike Force San Diego oh, an, sports utility vehicle. It's an Adult Swim thing, and then the Scribbler. Yeah. So yeah, eh. I just I feel like like continuing to go through this. Eliza Dushku, Garrett Dillahunt. <laughs> Billy Campbell, Kunal Nayar, who I mean, he's barely there, but I, I feel like maybe they cast, the, they throw a bone to some unknowns. You know what I mean? 
sure. give somebody some screen time that could use the screen time, not people that are either working actors well into their career, and you would save a little bit of money and put that towards something else. I might be wrong. I don't know. I just, when I see the film and I see the billing and I see a strong, like several strong female leads, right? Between Katie Cassidy, Michelle Trackenberg, Eliza Dushku, I think, okay, these are all strong female leads. Um, they, I've seen them in other things where they play like powerful characters. And with the exception of Katie Cassidy and to a much, much lesser extent, M- Michelle Trackenberg, like there's just, it's just, it's just not there. I mean, Sasha Gray is in the trailer for this and literally her only scene is is in the trailer that's it so she they knew what they were doing they cast her in a a essentially do nothing role put her in the trailer whatever okay fine overall i mean i'm bringing up these negative things with i think the casting but overall i don't think it detracts too much from the movie it's just i don't know i see eliza jushku and i expect more i guess yeah i get that character's name is silk it's such a comic book character name but the the acting wasn't horrible. There aren't a lot of effects, and the effects that are there are done very, very well. I like that the movie keeps you guessing about what's real and what's not. And every time you think, oh, this is actually happening, it's there's something to kind of pull you back from it. Overall, I think that it is a good movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think the the five to five and a half range is probably fine. It definitely felt like having watched... Having having deliberately watched so many Mr. Suits movies, like I could feel, like I said, I feel his fingerprints all over it. And I and I don't think that's a bad thing. I think he did a really good job here. And I think that it's well written. Overall, I, I don't think it's a bad film. I don't know if it's worth the price of subscription because you have to rent the movie. Like I don't know if like we like it's on Apple iTunes or whatever to rent for how three to six dollars or whatever. Mm-hmm. I can't recommend it for that. If it was streaming somewhere, especially streaming somewhere for free with ads, I, I could recommend it. So I, I'm on the fence, but leaning towards a no, just because I, I don't think it's worth going out of your way, unless you're a big fan of the graphic novel, to paying for this to actually watch yeah. it. Which, I mean, if you are a big fan of the graphic novel, I think the 38% <laughs> yeah, I think you've already audience seen score it. probably tells us. I, I wonder if, like, I'm going to throw some stuff at you real quick. and Let me just, let me see if it sticks. Okay. Okay. Have you seen a movie called Sin City? No. You haven't seen Sin City? No. I, it's one of those uh, films that I refuse to see so that people can go, you haven't seen this movie? And I'm like, huh? Sucker Punch? No. Uh, I, I didn't I see the... Sucker Punch because I worked at GameStop when that movie was coming out, and they played oh, the yeah. trailer for it every 10 minutes oh. over an eight-hour shift for over a month. So I was like, I'm not supporting this film. I thought you were going to say it's because Eric wouldn't shut up about it. Oh, I don't. I don't recall him talking about it. But the the movie poster. I don't. I don't think you showed anybody the movie poster. If you want to bring yeah, that I can on, bring that back you, up here. Hold on. I, I I'm not getting Sin City vibes from the poster, and I'm not getting Sucker Punch vibes from the poster. But for whatever reason, like I kind of got Sin City vibes from this movie. Like mm. just the way it portrays the women, and I think Sucker Punch does that a lot. Which is it's it's a which is a movie about mental issues all on its own. But the whole we're only gonna put these women in in tight clothing, revealing clothing. We're gonna make them objects. And the reason why we're making them objects is because that's like like I don't know if there's any sort of like cultural commentary on that. What's I don't even remember this character's name. Uh Hogan. Mm-hmm. Hogan the human, not Hogan the dog. Because <laughs> Hogan the dog is a good boy. Yes, he but is. But Hogan the human, like 
we talked about him kind of being a creep, but we really didn't go in depth as to how much of a creep he actually is. So uh, he apparently also has some unresolved mental issues. We're not sure what they are because he kind of like, he he I, he has a line where he says, hey, maybe I should get in on that multiple personality thing that you've got going on. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be like a phony in some ways. We didn't mention it He's earlier. Grifting, but- maybe. Yeah, uh, but this is a, this is supposed to be un- like women only. It's a half house. It's a halfway house for female mental patients. Um, and he's the only person. He's the only male there. Uh, and I think he even has a line like "Every hen house needs a rooster." Ugh. But he also like he says, "Oh, I guess I checked the wrong box." So he's there, and like he's like he says that his service is providing coitus and sexual yeah. relief to the women that are there. Um, that's really gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it, it's, it's not just gross from like an ethics standpoint. It's not just gross from morality standpoint. Like it's just really gross. I, I like, as he, like, as he's saying his lines, like literally, I think it was right after or right before he and Suki get together. Like he said that and I was like, Oh my God, like, are you serious right now? Like, and so maybe that's the point, right? Like maybe that's why they they do that. And I think they do the same thing in Sin City and mm-hmm. in Sucker Punch. Like they make these women objects because they're trying to like tell you a story about them having to be objects. Because that's essentially what they are to this Hogan guy. Yeah. He spoilers. He sleeps with a girl named Alice, played by Michelle Trachtenberg. Oh, we're gonna break down the whole pl- mystery. No, 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 no. Just the just the specifics, and then. Like he keeps saying, everyone that I sleep with kills themselves. But as it turns out, like she's murdering these people. So like, like he's treating these women like objects. Like if every single person that you had a sexual encounter with immediately killed themselves, would you stop engaging in sexual encounters? <laughs> See, <laughs> you know I, what I mean? Yeah, I I think at the time I interpreted that line as hyperbolic. Like he's he's overreacting or he's wallowing because he's had some. Um, bad luck, I guess, in that very particular yeah. area. Well, uh, I mean, but he is sleeping with a bunch of people who. <laughs> but he's also like, sleeping with people that are more likely that are, are at risk, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Like he, he's he is purposely engaging in these activities with people who, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive, appear to be mentally unstable. Yeah. We have a girl who walks around naked because she's not she's not comfortable wearing clothes. We have someone else who's territorial about the stairs and pushes people down them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gina Gershon plays a character who's like a, a sex addict. So, like, I get it. Like, I get your concerns, but I I just wonder if that's the point. Yeah. Like, and and maybe yeah. the graphic novel lays down more information on that that we can see um, or that or that we can read that we did that that. That doesn't come through on the film. There's there's um, definitely a sub, or it's not really a subplot, but there's a, a theme of Katie Cassidy's character gaining control of her universe. She's she's put through this experiment, the Siamese burn, by her doctor, who's a male. And then she is friends with, her closest friend is this, I guess, misogynistic, or not uh, predatorial uh, predatorial is that a word hogan who's a he's a predator right for uh, i can't think of a better word for it and opportunist yeah know. he's oppor- he's an opportunistic creep there you go there's a better way uh 
or just a different way of doing it, of saying it. But we're seeing her decide to, like at the very end, she's the one who decides to use the machine for the final burn, knowing that even though she knows that it might kill her or she's scared that it might, uh, her being her personality and who she is, not necessarily her as her her physical body. Uh, So there's definitely a a theme of her gaining control of her life, figuring out who she is over, over the film. So I can buy into your, I can buy into your premise. I think, I think that, uh, I think that definitely comes across. I, I still have a, I still have weird vibes about the dude's age. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, no uh, doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Like, yeah. well, here's the thing. And I don't know if um, that's intended because, like I said, I don't think he's playing a 50-year-old in the in yeah. the film. Yeah. So uh, there's there's two other actors that we didn't really talk about. Um, Luke Barrett plays a character called Orderly, right? Born in 1983. Okay? okay. Brad Culver plays a character named Officer. I don't know when he was born, but his first acting credit was in 2006. And he does not appear to be an older man. So maybe the character in the in the in the book is a creepy old man. Oh, maybe. I I don't know, but like there are other people that could have that could have played this character. Younger men. Mm-hmm. It would have been less weird. But uh, but yeah, like I said, it, it might just that might be the whole point. Yeah, no, it it works. So, it worked. But uh, uh, I don't think this movie is worth the price of subscription because yes, you have to rent it and or buy it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And John, as much as I enjoy your movies. You know, there's, I could just do something better with five dollars, I guess. Yeah, fair enough. So fair enough. I looked, I, I looked up uh, Katie Cassidy. I was trying to find her husband. She played the role of Ruby in um, Supernatural, and the role of Ruby was actually played by more than one actress. And one of them ended up marrying, uh, oh, what's his name, Jared, Jared Padalecki, who was the lead character on on Supernatural. Um, but that wasn't her. That wasn't Katie Cassidy. It was the other oh. other actress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right mr john suits decent the ball is in your court yeah gotta i i see no new director roles coming up two producing one in post-production uh, a fun looking movie called chuck hank and the san diego twins not sci-fi but something i'll probably end up watching based off of uh, the uh, trailer next for the sci-fi wise guys if i pull up the old schedule here we got total recall 2012 uh, so that'll be releasing next week, um, recording next week, and then releasing the week after, um, or just releasing next week if you're listening to this next on week. your on the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> uh, releasing the the week of the fourth of July. Uh, we'll be prior to that releasing an episode with the Spies Like Us podcast, discussing Total Recall, the 1990 version, starring one Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, and then we'll have uh, Todd from Spies Like Us on to discuss Total Recall 2012, not starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Unfortunate. Significantly less Mars in that one. Um, Get so, your ass to Mars. Yes, we'll see. We'll have both of those coming up back to back uh, the week of 4th. So uh, be, be looking out for that. It'll be, uh, it'll be cool. a lot of fun. Cool. I don't, do I need to give this the blurb for Total Recall? Uh, yeah, why not? Blurb me. All right. Which one? Um, well, the one from... I guess we're Why doing not? 1990 next, yeah? You do 1990, I'll do 2012. How about okay, that? all right. When a man goes <laughs> when a man goes in to have virtual vacation memories of the planet Mars implanted in his mind, an unexpected and harrowing series of events forces him to go to the planet for real. Or is he? <laughs> uh, Total Recall 2012, a factory worker, comma, Douglas Quaid. 
comma, begins to suspect that he is a spy after visiting Recall, a company that provides its clients implanted fake memories of a life that they would have liked to have led, goes wrong, and finds himself on the run. Wow. So less vague. A little less vague. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. More vague, but somehow less vague at the same, at same time. time. <laughs> Brian Cranston's Congrats. in this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you uh, know? Have you not uh, watched it yet? We'll talk about that on the pod when it comes up. But uh, we're going to get our total recall on, or at least a, a partial recall on uh, with these films. Between now and then, be sure to check us out on your twi- on the Twitter and on the Instagram at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Email us your suggestions, scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. We're always happy to watch any fan-suggested movies, shorts, television, fan films maybe, at least that one time. YouTube, distribute originals, whatever we're calling it. Uh, you can also, <laughs> I think that's it. I said you also, but I think I actually did everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, do you want to B-roll us out? Stay healthy, stay hydrated. And if your doctor tries to propose an experimental treatment that involves um, electroshock therapy, I just don't, just don't, don't do it. Didn't she like clip the things onto her ears where she had like gauges? Well, I mean, that's what they were doing. Like, that's how it works. Oh, like it was like when, the when, ear, her earrings were part of it? Is that? No, no, no. Like when she was on the hospital bed, they were putting it on her ears. So, weird. Oh, my EPS just popped again. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Thanks, Bye, everybody. Guys. Bye. Today I learned this was a comic book adaptation. Oh, you didn't watch the movie? I did. I didn't realize it was a comic book. It says, based on the graphic novel right at the beginning. Oh, (laughs) I must have missed it.